Welcome to the Your Podcast Mentor Show with Jonathan Jones. Here you will learn how to start, launch, and monetize your podcast. In addition to hearing the latest trends and the latest and greatest things happening in the podcast industry. Are you ready? What's going on, family? And welcome to the Your Podcast Mentor Show. And here on this show, what we cover is podcast news, podcast how-tos, as well as interviews, right? And today, I'm really excited for today's guest because, you know, we have a, we have a celebrity in the building. We got, we got a celebrity in the building, virtually in the building, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and and she's, she's a career transformation coach, all right? Career transformation coach. If you don't know what that is, you will know by the end of this episode, all right? Because I'm excited to dive more into that myself. In addition to that, She's the host of the Work in Play podcast. Without further ado, let's welcome Miss Arielle Young to the Your Podcast Mentor Show. Arielle, how are you? I'm doing fine, Mr. Podcast Mentor. How are you, Jonathan? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So now I'm, I'm gonna kick it over to you. I'm gonna kick it over to you, and I, I just I just want to give you the opportunity just to share with people if this is their first introduction to you and the work that you do. Uh, please go ahead, take some time, and feel free just to break that thing down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Super one. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I feel super honored, um, especially since you helped me in my podcasting journey. One hundred percent, definitely appreciate you. Um, I am Arielle Young. I am a career transformation coach, and I help corporate professionals specifically transition into their purpose. That can be entrepreneurship, freelancing. It, and the goal of being a transformation coach is so that you look at your career as something that's not linear. A lot of times when we go into corporate America, we identify with a role and then the job, the career trajectory that are offered to us. And I don't want you to think about your career as what's available to you. I want you to think about the life that you want and we'll create it from that part. So I do that through coaching as well as through the Work and Play podcast. And the Work and Play podcast was also inspired by the work relationship that I want to have with the dynamics of my friends, my coworkers, for, for us to have like great conversations, really enjoy each other's company, and then get money at the same time. And if that's something that you like to do as well, then let's transition our mindset around careers and then transition into the life that we deserve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get money at the same time. <laughs> at the same at time. The same... <laughs> hey, you, you hear the song. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really intrigued just to get into it. Like where did the, where did the shift happen for you, for, for you? Because, you know, just breaking down. So you have, you have worked corporate, right? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I was in corporate for seven years and the shift happened for me. I will say in 2016, I went from doing a job to living, like living a life. And the reason that I say that is because up until 2016, I have always been a very career oriented person. I was the person who went into all of the different like career development programs, all of the different um, um, extracurricular things, career builders, resume builders. That was my thing. And anyone in my life probably asked me, a time or two to help them with their resume, to help them inter with interviewing skills, that kind of thing. It was a thing that I did. Aside from my job, I was a data analyst at the time. So if I'm at my desk doing a report and I get an email, hey, would you look at my resume? I was more than happy to do that. 
the thing about it is my life shifted when I got a chance to, you know how we do those team building mm -hmm. exercises in corporate. You're like, hey, we're going to go do some team building. And the team building exercise was for us to go and teach life skills to young people experiencing homelessness. And through that, I'm like, oh my God, like we get to teach young people life skills. This is going to be amazing. Now, at the time I'm 25 years old and the young people that we went the, at the um, shelter, they were 18 to 24. So if you can imagine how my mind shifted when I go into a shelter and this young girl, she's 23, tells me that she's cooked Thanksgiving dinner year after year. Meanwhile, I'm 25 with almost a six, six figure paying job and I've never done some of this stuff. So I walked away from the experience like, yo, they have so much more life than I have ever lived. And they had so much more work experience than I, had, than I had ever done. So I created this career readiness program so that we can help bridge the gap between homelessness and a Fortune 500 company. The skills that you need to navigate into that arena, how to network, how to like really tell your story. And I realized that was an extremely passionate, um, powerful experience that just woke my soul up. I always say that my soul woke up in that moment because I wasn't living I was just doing. And so that's when life kind of took hold. I began coaching and the rest is history. What what was the feeling like when you when when you went in to the to the shelter and you connected with these people? I want you to I want you to just unpack that a little bit. You know, it's funny because I was a little bit I will say the process of me helping like bridging the gap, like creating this entire program, it was a it was a like every layer that was a, that was over my eye was just pulled over time and time again. So I went into the shelter like, OK, bright eye, bushy tail, getting ready to teach these young people how to cook. The first thing that I felt was probably like some somewhere around honorary because we got mac and cheese. We were going to cook fried chicken. We had some like I can't remember what the dishes were, but one of the young people said we always have mac and cheese. And I was like, you're a little ungrateful little kids. <laughs> you know, I really went in there like, what is going on? So, but getting to know them, having conversations, it really felt like in two, in two situations, part of it felt like, wow, like I'm getting to know these young people and they have so much more experience. And it started to make me look at my life like, They've done so much. I haven't done half of the stuff that they've done. So I think it put things into perspective. The feeling might be, I don't even know if I had a feeling. I was just experiencing it. I know my reactions because <laughs> they weren't very like, you know, people say, that's such a great thing. You were helping in the homeless shelter. I was like, I was experiencing that thing. I was literally just getting to know myself and them. Man. Wow. <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, you... What's going on, family? It's your podcast mentor, Jonathan Jones. And I wanted to interrupt the episode just for a brief minute to let you know that I have a free gift for you, all right? I'm holding a free training for speakers, coaches, and consultants showing you how to take your voice and turn it into a profitable business even if you don't have a lot of followers, all right? So what I want you to do, I want you to stop whatever you're doing and I want you to go to getpaidwithpodcasting.com. There, I'm going to sign you up to show you how you can accelerate your leads and generate credibility, even if you have a small audience. Get paid with podcasting.com, and I'll see you there. Back to the episode. I mean, you you, you have to appreciate those experiences because those, those experiences are super, super powerful because yeah. it's one of those things to where you're going in thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show them how to do that. 
all this, but then you leave like, oh, wow, they taught me this, they taught me that, and you just go down the list. Yes. So I, I, I just love those reflective experiences yes. that, you know, like shift, just shift our mindset and just shift things in life overall. 100%. To your point, Jonathan, when I say this happened to me over and over again, and now that I'm getting my master's in social work, I understand that a lot of people go into situations like this thinking that they're going to be the savior. They're going to help these people. They're going to offer all of this. You know, and I have gone, I went into so many situations where I'm here to help you, right? And this is what I want to offer you. But through building a program, I really had to learn what do the young people need to bridge the gap? While I wanted to give you this two hour long presentation, what type of services do you need so that you can learn? How can what? How can we feed, feed your belly instead of having you do a workshop at six o'clock where that's your dinner time? What do you need in order to get this information? What do you need in order to apply this information? What type of scenario do you need to be in? And I'm all of this is like literally uncovering before my eyes. So like you said, I went in one way and I realized I learned so much more about myself. Man, yeah, that perspective is so powerful. Perspective is, is is really so it's humbling too. It's it's really humbling because it, it's it's easy for me to tell you what you need from the out from, from the outside looking in. Absolutely. Versus what you tell me. No, nah, that's you think that's what I need, but that's not gonna help me at all. Absolutely. So, man. Okay. 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 <laughs> so so from so from corporate. To now, to now, career readiness. Just, just, just talk to me. So, what? So, why is it that you want to help people? Why, why is it that you want to help people make make that transition or or make that pivot? Man, that is such a good question. Why is it that I want to do this? So, I think that it was placed to me as an opportunity for me to get into it, and then I found my zone of genius. So the why, once I learned that this is where I'm at, I realized people being able to increase their socioeconomic status through careers, through entrepreneurship, simply by leveraging their skill sets, being able to communicate their skill sets to whoever, whether it's a job interviewer or your client, those skill sets will always keep you fed. And so, whereas fundamentally in a homeless shelter, they are surviving for a bed, for food, for basic necessities, corporate professionals are going through the exact same stress and anxiety because they need to learn how to be self-sufficient, right? They need to learn how to not be latched on to a system, right? And feel like they are literally like not in control of their lives. So it looks like, you know, a person in corporate America has it under control and has way more than a person who's experiencing homelessness. But if you look at it, if if you don't feel like you are in control of your life, it doesn't matter where you are. If you don't know that how you can get yourself to the next level, the next socioeconomic status, the next economic bracket, the next tax bracket, or whatever you, however you define monetary success, right? Because monetary success is what it takes to be at peace in capital in a capitalistic society. Then um there's there's work to be done. And so because the skill set and the opportunity found me, what I'm passionate about, one of the things that I'm passionate about on a long-term 
um, perspective is helping people increase their socioeconomic status. And that's what I'm here you, for. I got you. Okay. So let's, let's turn, let's turn the clock back a little bit. Let's turn the clock back. So like when, I mean, like when you were like, like high school, college, like oh, the, yeah. w- was this something that like might've been a seed then, and then it further got developed or cultivated by other experiences, or it's just something, this is like newfound just based on, you know, the experience with the homeless shelter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. I will say as a child, I might not have been the most fertile soil because um, I went through school doing what I was supposed to do. Um, At the time I was, my mother's a single mother. Right. And so I remember, and I'm the youngest daughter. My brother is three years older than me. So I remember times when I'm helping my brother with his math homework and he's three years older than me. Meanwhile, my mom is just getting off of work or she's still at work late, whatever her, her, whatever she was doing, right? I'm a kid. I'm not quite sure what she was doing, but in a sense, my mother gave me the structure that I needed to succeed. But in terms of my own goodwill and, and, and like some of the seeds that were planted by like my grandmother, grandfather, like just about being a good kid, um, that's kind of the mindset that I was at. When I was in high school, so I would say the the seed, one seed that my grandfather planted in me young was money management. So by the time I got to high school, I knew I wanted to be a CPA. So that's the career that I would have chosen. I would have chosen to be a CPA. And it wasn't until I got to college that I got my first rejection because I didn't pass like the first like reading comprehension test that you're supposed to pass in, um, in accounting. My world was crushed because I had not seen any other option, right? I had lived this linear path up until this point, and I took a slight pivot. I said, okay, no accounting, I'll get a degree in finance. I could get a little, you know, just a step over. So it was an easy shift. I will say the first seed that was planted from a career standpoint um, probably was when I was introduced to MLT, which is called Management Leadership for Tomorrow. It's for... It's for um, college students, um, minority college students, black and brown college students who um, need to be introduced and trained to be in corporate America. And so they teach you, you know, how to when you get into a corporation, keep your notebook, always take notes, put coffee chats on your calendar. So I was trained to like be in corporate. And that was probably my first glimpse of like seeing it work. So fast forward when I create the career readiness program. It's essentially every single module, every workshop that I have ever attended, anything that's ever worked for me in my career, I created this in this like three month long program for young people. That's strong. That's, <laughs> that's the definition of documenting the process. Good guy. Listen, you are really good with these questions because I don't know if I've um, shared like this in this way before. Well, I mean, I mean, just just, just you be just you having having this story and being able to document it that way. I think I think that's I think that's powerful. I appreciate the compliment though on the questions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh man, because I'm just okay. Okay. So in so in terms of like like future, like what do you see? Because you're you're creating it now, right? So it's 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 in the early stages, and you know you've been you've been very diligent, and just like you said you've put it in a program that's three months. Let's say we fast forward however long from now. Yeah. Like, what do you want to, what do you envision this thing doing? Yeah. What, how do you envision this thing becoming? 
Yeah, I wanna I wanna try to give it to you. I told you, I don't know, I told you, I told every I'm telling everyone my my word is brevity. So I'm gonna try to give keep uh, keep no, it in no, a no. succinct keep, story. Keep, so keep, keep fast your short forward. stories long. This is your this is your platform. <laughs> you 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 the co-host today. Keep your short stories long. I got you. Okay, got you. So I'll take it. Fast forward. One, when you talk when I left corporate America, so one, I did the program for three years. The program lit my life up. In the best way and the worst way. One of the things that I read, and I can't tell you where I read it, but when your soul wakes up, it doesn't care what you have going on in life. My soul woke up. So in that moment, I am investing every waking moment to this program. And it's growing. And to the point where I left my corporate job, we were ready to expand it to LA and New York. Right? All the, all the while, I'm a data analyst. Mm. That's my full-time job. And I'm not doing it. <laughs> not only am I not doing it, I'm, I'm literally like things are shifting. I have new responsibilities. I can no longer do this job with my hands tied behind my back. I'm supposed to be here, but that's not my full time. That's not my, that's not my soul's priority. I don't care about this job you got. So when I quit my job, <laughs> when I quit my job, I had navigated to a point in uh, my company where I avoided getting a PIP, a, a performance improvement uh, plan, right? Which you're literally like six weeks from being fired once you get on one of those. So I had avoided a PIP. I had gone into a, a um, department that was more finance driven. I was um, paid more, right? But I was much more, uh, it had much more responsibilities. So I weaseled my way. I say weasel, but I basically like networked, interviewed, had the whole coffee chat, my way into a higher position. And now I'm at a fork in the road because the program is growing to LA and New York. One way or the other, I'm going to get this thing to LA and New York, but it's going to take a lot of manpower to do it. So long story short, I will say leaders, I wanted to quit. I was going to quit before I actually got the job, but through leaders like guidance, like, no, stay, you, we can make this work. You can probably get this program to be housed under HR. We can get this program to be housed under community engagement. Just try. I stayed a little bit longer, got the job, became mm. more miserable. And I had to decide for my life, do you want to stay in this environment for the sake of the program or do you want to leave? I decided to quit. Through there, that journey was like me finding entrepreneurship, but I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just knew that I wanted to take that program to the scale that I could take it. So I, even after I quit, I actually launched it to LA and New York. The program would, went off without a hitch. And um, the rest is history because I had to put the program down because I wasn't getting paid for it. I did it for a whole year after I quit. And then I had to figure out, okay, so you got to make some money because I, I had my, my exit strategy was simply to save enough money so that I can survive like six months, you know, the whole, whole save six months in your savings account, but nobody tells you what you're supposed to do with that six months mm -hmm. of like savings. And so I just lived off of it. I didn't generate income. I didn't have a plan after that. I literally had an exit strategy, but I didn't have an entry strategy. So you say fast forward, and as a coach now, the process of creating a program then is what I do now. So creating another program for corporate professionals to do what I did 
to leverage some of the information that I that I've found in entrepreneurship and then also to do some of the things that I did do that worked for me so that they don't have to spend three years trying to figure out how to make it. They can get to the money much sooner if they want to. That's good. That's good. Because one one thing one, one thing I, I think can easily be overlooked is basically what you what you really just hit on. I'm just about to just reinforce it. It's just the fact of, yes, you, if you're in corporate, yeah, you can go out and try to be an entrepreneur, but you're going to hit all these bumps and all these stumps and everything else because you've excelled at being a corporate professional. Being an entrepreneur, you now have to invest some time and energy and everything like that into learning what that looks like. That's good, Aria. That's good. That's a good point. You're, you just broke it down in a nice little sound bite. I do want to add, though, everything that I did in that program was very intuitive. So if I marry, if to make it make sense for some people who might not understand, okay, she's an entrepreneur. She decided to go back to school, though, and become a social worker. So here you have a finance person, a data person who went back to school for social work and is learning all this stuff about psychology and stuff. And she's a career coach. What's going on, right? What I learned while I was doing the program, I, I was a data analyst. So I was creating all of these reports. How many students do we have this month? How many people graduated last year? What do we have year over year? What's the year over year change? Um, attrition. Like I'm just thinking of statistics that we can share at a leadership level so that they know, hey, this is we're doing real work here. These are how many people st showed up to the workshop. Like we're giving experiences, we're showing pictures. And I was doing all of that intuitively. What I'm learning in my social work degree, which is um, it's macro social work. So it's community partnerships as opposed to um, like direct care um, work, which most people think defects when they think social worker. Um, mm -hmm. What I'm learning mm -hmm. in my program is what I did, what I do intuitively, meaning like understand the process, create a framework, help you through the process, coach you through the process, and even like think about the reporting that needs to go with it. Um, my social work degree is showing me how to evaluate a program, the effectiveness of a, of a program, because we can be doing things all day, but are we truly solving a problem? What are the KPIs that we can state that solve the problem? And so now, whereas I intuitively do a lot of this stuff, I'm mirroring that or I'm, I'm complementing that with data to support the efficacy of my coaching, the efficacy of like social work and social initiative, like interventions that are happening at the DFACS level, at the college level. How do we evaluate these programs based on a like a goal? And then how do we communicate that to people so that we're not just throwing money at random problems? We are strategically understanding what the problem is, what are the activities that are going to attribute to your success, and how are we going to get you to matriculate from point A to point Z? That's why we talk about transformation. One one thing that I'm just I'm, I'm uh, that I, I can really just appreciate about the work that the work that you do and just all these experiences that you have, like as as you're going through and studying to get your get your degree in social work, and then on the other side, you know that you were in in the corporate arena and and just all of these experience, and then the finance aspect and the data data analyst ain't ain't nobody coming at it like that, right? <laughs> because what you what you just said was talking about like 
okay, so we find a problem, right? People tell us all the time, entrepreneurship, find a problem, solve a problem. That's great. That's great. But then what we later learn in entrepreneurship when we get deeper is, okay, well, how can you show case studies? How can you show surveys, statistics? And what you're saying is, in your experience, this is something that you're holistically helping people understand. Like, I'm not just showing you, okay, create a problem, but I'm showing you how to provide all these other things that your target audience, the people in corporate America, need to see for them to understand, oh, this, oh, okay, this does make sense, right? These two, these two or three aspects of business are all married. So I, I get it now. I get it now, Aria. I get it. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a whole journey. <laughs> I'm glad you get but, it. I mean, yeah, but 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 I mean, but the thing that really the thing that really is sticking out and, and that makes you so special in this area is you're the perfect person to help these people make the transition across the bridge because you were in their seat and you know you've done what you're gonna show them how to do. So just just I guess it was when the light bulb came on for me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> but that's super dope because yeah. nobody else is better suited for it than you. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that 100%. I think the reason why I'm super appreciative is because through the process of becoming an entrepreneur, becoming the type of coach you're going to be, um, leaving corporate America yourself, going through my own um, imposter syndrome, doubt, self-doubt, self-worth, tying my worth to the company, like believing that I can create the life for myself, doing that, but feeling like, listen, it's, you know how we say it has to work or it has to work. I'm taking steps in faith to create the life that I want. And it doesn't make sense to anyone else. And that's what people who are currently in corporate, they're feeling like you only know one thing. You're good at all this stuff, but you're afraid to one, try it out. And then you're like, who's going to pay me to do it? So when you feel like, okay, now I have a system to go from a linear pathway to where to somewhere I don't even want to be, to just now I'm figuring out that if I step forward in my purpose, right, in, in your purpose doesn't have to be this big old random Nelson Mandela purpose. It's just like, it's like, it's like, yeah, you're, yeah. you know, it's you're living your end. Nelson Mandela, when he was in his purpose, I'm sure he wasn't looking around the jail cell, like this is my purpose. Right. But to, to just think about the everyday steps that you have to take as an individual to follow the energy, not to follow your passion, but to follow the energy that's leading you somewhere. Don't run away from corporate because you're disgruntled. But if you have that inkling, you're sitting in your job and you're like, how do I follow what this feeling, right? How do I make, how do I take action and make money doing it? That is the journey that I'm on. And it's not cookie cut out. It is individual to every single person. But just as you are sitting here talking about the pieces coming together, I do want that for all of my clients. So I'm going to ask this question, and I feel like you kind of just answered it with what you said, because I just thought about it. I feel like you just kind of answered what you said. But what But what would you say is the first step to that person who's sitting in that seat, in that cubicle, in that corner, desk, office, whatever, and they're saying, I think there might be something there, 
but I'm not sure. Yeah. What, what do you What do you tell that person? The first step. Whew, there's two. I want to say step A and step B, <laughs> but I'll say two steps. Okay, well, go, I mean, it's, it's your answer. Say say what you want. The say. first The first step is to know you have options. Um, to really like get them out your head. And to think about what are all the things that I actually might want to do. Because the thought stays here. Like, I actually might want to do something, but nah. And so when you like tell yourself nah, one, you don't allow yourself to write down all of your options and you don't see a way out. So one, you have options, whether it's a shift to another department, whether it's a pivot to another industry, or it's actually quitting right? Quitting my, my jobs because none of these options, I don't want any of those. I want to quit. I want to forge a new path, something that none of these coffee chats have ever told me. Then that's your options. But the second part is working on your decision-making because a lot of times we, we postpone decisions. We literally know what our options are, but we don't make a decision to step forward. We just extrapolate ideas all day and then we go to work every single day and complain about the situation that you're in. So that's why I say step one and two, because it's a process to identify your options, but you can't stop there. You have to work on your decision making and that decision making that we start off with, it follows you through entrepreneurship because you have to, you have to decide to wake up. You have to decide to call someone for a sale. You have to decide to keep doing it. You have to decide to get up even though no one is telling you to work. You have to make a decision. But first, you got to know your options, and then you got to make a decision. Mm, know, know your options, and then make a decision. So what So, so what, what has entrepreneurship taught you thus far in your journey? Ooh, <laughs> okay, so entrepreneurship has taught me that there are my my strength and my weakness coming from corporate is structure and the reason i say that is because let's let's start with the con i always like to start negative so we can end positive okay so the reason that i say it's a con is because in entrepreneurship nothing's linear right and oftentimes the best opportunities are right in front of you so if you have to go through this process to get money when there's an opportunity standing right in front of you, then you're going to structure your way out of a business deal. A lot of times entrepreneurs, especially like solo entrepreneurs in this space, there is this, you know, unsaid, you know, I can't even think of another word, but thing there's this, it's unsaid where it's like, you know, we want to do business. Let, let's have a conversation. Like, especially entrepreneurs who've never been in corporate before. And so when you hit them with structure, like, hey, let's let's solidify this agreement. It's like, yo, you trying to, what you, you trying to hold me into something. <laughs> and so I've seen that happen. Or, or for the last con, it's like, when you're an entrepreneur, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Okay, we want to go on a trip tomorrow. Let's pick up and go. It's much more flexibility. But if I'm like, okay, well, let me check my calendar and let me put you in this hour and let's block off some time. It's like, okay, well, you know, the, the, the moment has passed. So some of the right here, right now flexibility that you can benefit from in entrepreneurship, you come in with so much structure, you can be a bit rigid. And on the other side of things, what I will mm -hmm. say, the pro of being so much so structured 
once you get the sauce, like once you figure out how to ask for the sale, once you figure out how to push yourself out there, how, once you figure out how to have courage and some of these things that we learn in, in personal development that like ET or someone is trying to like, you know, put into our head. Once you learn that, you already have the structure to create an organ, organization or an empire. You know about systems. We know about how to create them. We know about emails. We know about professionalism. Solo entrepreneurs within the group, yes, it could be a con as a solo entrepreneur. But once you start doing business at an institutional level, at an organizational level, you already have those skill sets to navigate that culture. You're not learning a new like skill of communicating with large organizations. You do this. So once you get over the fear, once you get over your limiting beliefs, once you gain the courage to be an entrepreneur, once you gain the courage to ask for the sale, those are the fundamentals that it takes to be an entrepreneur. But then we can start building. Once you can prove your concept, we can start building. And you are already ready to do that as a corporate professional. That's good. That's good. I, I like that. I like that. Because as you, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like some of those things that, that are kind of foundational, right? Because you were talking about emails and you know entrepreneurs may not type the best email but if you coming from corporate you understand you know got your nice signature down there and you know how to read people and everything like that but man that's that, that's that's very good because yeah I, i've learned that through trial and error <laughs> yeah and when you're communicating with your you know your peers or even uh you know a a high profile you know influencer the communication is more so text. If it's a one-line email, right? It's not, it's not, or DM, right? It's not necessarily that deep and that's okay. But once you start having business conversations with people who, I would say, unfortunately, if you don't know how to structure an email, it does create a persona. Like this person doesn't know how to do business. Even if you are the most successful at what you do, institutions care about that stuff. Organizations care about this stuff. People who are at the desk who look at a, like crazy looking formatted email They're like okay this person may not have it all together now times may have changed times will change but as of right now i do believe that it's a i'm learning that being from corporate can be a pro and a con depending on the situation Uh oh okay well i'll start spell checking my emails then thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 Okay, so as as we're talking, you know, talking about the corporate, and then we start talking about entrepreneurship. I think this is a great transition to talk about, you know, your your podcast. You, you know, know I saying? love transitions, right? The, the work and play <laughs> podcast. Let, yeah. Let's let's talk about it. Why 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 is the work and play podcast essential to the podcast yeah. community? Let's Ooh, just ask that to the podcast community. Now that's an even better question. Why is the Work and Play podcast essential to the podcasting community? I believe the Work and Play podcast is a specific niche. Um, and it's going to get even more fun. Like the play is going to, it's going to be much more play eventually as we get into it a little bit deeper. But um, when it comes to the conversations that we have, these are like career oriented conversations. These are transition oriented conversations. We talk about self-actualization. We talk about life purposes. We talk about like career transitions, not from the monetary perspective and the regular get your resume, have coffee chats, you know, do these like regular tactical things. This is about who is the person that you're becoming over the course of leaving corporate America into entrepreneurship. Now, I might seem like I'm being extra, but some of the people that my ancestors who lead me, 
Harriet Tubman, W.E.B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington, because these are people who challenge the way that we're supposed to lift ourselves up as Black people, right? Harriet Tubman was the person who said, okay, I did it. I left. And now I'm going to go back and teach you how to get up out of here. It's serious business, right? We got to get up. We got to get in and we got to get out. And if you don't want to come, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to come, I do have a solution for you. And I think a lot more people are starting to become that solution. And the Work and Play podcast is creating that environment where if what you want is a life of work and play, right? Whether that looks, whatever that looks like for you, then the Work and Play podcast is somewhere where most people who are used to being stuffy can come over and have a conversation on the couch and express themselves and maybe learn a little bit about themselves in the journey that they hadn't thought before. And then the last piece is the Work and Play podcast makes that connection between things that we don't necessarily realize in our lives, the different random careers that we've ever done, volunteer work, the passions and values that we have. Mine are obviously play. <laughs> and so like when you think about whatever life you want to create for yourself, the fact that I'm even doing it just shows you that you can create the life that you desire. So if it is, you know, I don't know, skateboarding and and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, we can create a life in a whole conversation around whatever the two things that you want to connect are. Because the things do connect. You just have to connect them. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so just because cause you're you've been cranking out them episodes. Mm-hmm. Um so over what? Because you probably like what episode what episode ish are you? I in? just released episode uh it will be somewhere around six we'll be in the sixties, hopefully, by the time this episode launches. <laughs> okay, there it is. There it is. Okay, so so through sixty episodes, what what has what has podcasting taught you thus far? Podcasting has taught me to be myself. Um, I'm best, I'm, a, I'm the best listener when I'm not in my head, when I'm not overthinking it. So I, while I want to have a full plan laid out, the structure has to go. I naturally lean into conversations more and I'm able to really like see, like just follow wherever I'm interested in, see what I'm interested in, create a conversation based on what I'm interested in that can be, you know, helpful to someone who's listening to the story. So learning how to be more of myself is one thing. Learning that I can do a thing. Now, creating the career readiness program was probably the first time I created a brainchild that took on legs of its own, because I promise you, they're still reaching out to me now, like, we're going to kick off the program. You know, now two years after Corona, my brainchild still lives. So seeing the, the, the podcast come to be, It's like, oh, I can do this. I can create things out of my head. And that's the thing. A lot of corporate professionals who are not like graphic designers or in the marketing department, they don't identify as creatives. I was a data analyst for seven years. So you know I didn't identify as a creative. So the podcast has taught me that I can create some stuff. And then the last part is I will say hearing my clients say like, I knew you were going to be my coach. Because I heard you say this on the podcast. I'm like, yo, I said that. And I, I love those moments, like as a coach, when you're like, I said that and that resonated with you and you tried it in your career and it worked. Those type of things make me feel like, dang, I'm glad I had the podcast for that. So I say those are the three, the top three um, things that I learned about myself as a podcaster. 
Super cool. Super cool. What, what do you what do you want the podcast to do for you though? Like, you know, like what do you what do you want this thing to do? Now that I'm in the podcasting space, I'm looking at people who've done it before. Obviously, I'm doing my research on like where I want to go. And while a lot of people are doing like um and it's not even about what other people cuz the, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. I do want it to be more of a talk show. So I think that by continuing to do the podcast in the way that I want to, my goal is to one day get tapped on the shoulder to say, hey, we want you to interview the most influential people in this industry because we like the type of questions you ask. We like where you go and the things that you're interested in, and we want their story to be told in the way that you ask questions. That right there, that right there would really light my eyes up from a personal goal perspective. For someone to say, you know what, I see so many people like make connections in their life in ways that they didn't necessarily see connections. And for maybe one, I want you to to help me make connections, draw connections in my own life to, to find a different purpose. Or because I just want you to tell the story because my life has all of these different like things and people only see me as this or whatever. And they want me to bring that story out of them. That's where I see podcasting going. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I'm gonna ask you one more podcast question. Then we're gonna then we're gonna hit hit this hit this fun segment called this or that. Uh, but Ooh. the the last podcast question I'm gonna ask you just is who's one slept on podcaster that you feel that I should I should interview next on the show? One slept on podcaster that you should interview on the show next. You know. Slept on is a very, I feel like that's like the, you know, like, okay, so I'm going to go on a bit of a seg- segue and I'll come back. But when I was listening, growing up, listening to rap and hip hop, it's like the most underrated uh, mixtapes. You know what I mean? And that conversation about the Kendrick oh, yeah. Lamars <laughs> and like, you know, like that's kind of what I'm feeling from this question. The podcast that I'm listening to right now that I I really do like, oh, I still have to pick one. I like the Dear Son podcast. And um, okay. the podcaster's mm-hmm. name, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to kick myself because I have watched the podcast and my, my heart, I love the Dear Son podcast because as a woman, these are conversations that I really am not privy to. Like it's not at all in my search history. So when I stumble upon a man who's able to get other men to start talking about vulnerability and like their thought process around things, like having conversations that as a woman, we get frustrated with our men. We're like, uh, hello, like, can you think we get so, and it, it obviously doesn't create the environment for growth. Okay. <laughs> so to be able to see this on the Dear Son podcast, that has been amazing. I think that's really good for the culture. So if anybody you should mm-hmm. should interview, it would be the host of the Dear Son podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'll add them on the list. I'll add them yeah, on the list. I hope so. Excellent. 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 Okay. So now we're going to transition and we're, we're going to go ahead and go to, uh, we're going to go ahead since I like to have a little fun on the show. We're going to get into the this or that segment. And um, here you're just going to, you know, you're going to say this answer. Or that answer. I'm right? ready. Okay, let's see. Well, okay. am I ready? I don't know. Let's see. Are you ready? I mean, hey, 
We'll see. Okay. 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 Here we go. Ninjas or pirates? Ninjas. TV shows or movies? T- movies. Okay. Movies at home or movies at the theater? Movies at home with movie theater popcorn. Fair enough. Oceans or mountains? Oceans. Ski or snowboard? Hmm. I hear snowboarding is challenging to learn. So let's go with that. <laughs> okay. And last question. Uh, audiobooks or podcasts? Ooh. No, you did it. Oh, you did. Okay, so if I think this out on the podcast, because <laughs> I love audiobooks and I learn. So podcasts allow me to learn through interaction and the thoughts unfold. I love extemporaneous speaking. Whereas a book, they're not... They're not usually like narrating. It's not like a real conversation. It's like just, and then depending on who's reading it, it could be really boring. So I would say, <laughs> I would say podcasts. There we go. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. That answer yeah. came out. Thank y'all. Thank y'all yeah. for helping me process yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, please, please let people know where they can, uh, where they can find you, how they can follow you and. Uh, connect you and I'm going to add all this information down in the show notes. Absolutely. So if you are a corporate professional and you are trying to decide what you want to do with your life, you're pretty sure that it's not the job that you're in right now and you're this close to being a disgruntled employee, then it's probably time for you to reach out and have a conversation about what your options are and how you want to make a transformation. And that's probably one of my biggest requirements of working with me. And so if you want to work with me, uh, we do group coaching as well as uh, one-on-one coaching. Depending on when this episode airs, um, there may or may not be other opportunities to work with me as well. So you can find me on Instagram at Young underscore. And um, that's pretty much where you can find most things. Even on LinkedIn, it's Young. So you can find Young and everything about my company guided through those two platforms. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you say the final final word. Let's say the final word. But before I do, I'm just gonna let you know that you inspire me. You really inspire me. Um just seeing, you know, when you started your podcast and for you to say I think before you even recorded any episodes, you was like, I'm gonna do 30, I'm gonna record 30 episodes straight. I'm gonna have them, I'm gonna do my 30 episodes. And then you just like kept going and then you just kept going and then kept going. And then I don't know how many episodes you got backlogged at this point, but I just wanted to just say, cause I've told you, uh, I've told you privately, I'm telling you publicly, uh, you inspire me and just keep going. I mean, really keep going. Cause you, you, you cooking, you really, you really cooking. So I just wanted to just wanted to give you that and you can share your, uh, you can share the final word with the people. I absolutely will. I have to give you your flowers back because if it wasn't for you, there's certain personal development that I would not have been able to get through um, without your push. So thinking about how I want to show up on my podcast, how I want to actually show my face or not show my face. What is my vision? What's my goal? What do I want to do in my life? 
these are questions that you asked me before I even started the podcast. And here we are, I'm sharing my voice. So whatever happens from this podcast, wherever my voice takes me, it will all kind of start here with that conversation about, well, what what are you trying to share? You're like, what do you, why is it, why don't you want to have your face on the podcast? Like these questions are going to like uh, help with the vision that I'm bringing to the world. So that is um, essentially like the biggest impact that that I will say you had on me on the, in the podcast. So thank you. Uh, the Since I have the last word, I will say talking about inspiration, there are days when I am not inspired. There are days when I want to call my coach for support. There are times when I am on cold red and I just feel like I just want to end it all or end all the work, right? And um, when I don't have a Jonathan or my coach or someone to reach out to, there is one thing that helps me like remember what I'm here for and how to get up out of that while I'm in my own. So I just want to share this with you guys. And this is going to be my last word. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test. And no matter how you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So any transitions you're going through, encourage yourself throughout it. Whether you have someone, whether you don't, you always have yourself. Trust yourself and encourage yourself and go through it. She said it all. She sung it all. This is your podcast mentor show where we help you establish a platform so you can profit on purpose from your podcast. Peace and God bless. Peace. God bless. What's going on, family? It's your podcast mentor, Jonathan Jones, and I wanted to interrupt the episode just for a brief minute to let you know that I have a free gift for you, all right? I'm holding a free training for speakers, coaches, and consultants showing you how to take your voice and turn it into a profitable business even if you don't have a lot of followers, all right? So what I want you to do, I want you to stop whatever you're doing, and I want you to go to getpaidwithpodcasting.com. There, I'm going to sign you up to show you how you can accelerate your leads and generate credibility, even if you have a small audience. Get paid with podcasting.com, and I'll see you there. <laughs>